Welcome to the Metropolitan UMC Podcast. We're located at 3385 Metropolitan Church Road in Indian Head, Maryland, and under the leadership of Reverend Daryl K. Mason Sr. And now today's podcast. And so just to recap the last part of our scripture lesson today, at verse 2 it says, But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. So today, just for a little while, I want to talk about the man in the mirror. The man in the mirror. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we bless you. We thank you for allowing us to get through another week. We thank you for planting this church here, Metropolitan, in this Pomunkee community. And Father, we ask now that as your word comes forth, I ask that you would speak to me and speak through me and empower the Holy Spirit in this place so that we would be not only hearers of your word, but doers of your word. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There was an old man that had a gold mine. And the man was approached by his good friend who had come from out of town. He said, well, tell me what is it that you do? I know that you're a gold miner, but explain exactly what you do. And the man began to tell his friend from out of town that, well, my job involves a lot of digging. My knee sometimes scratching my hands. My job involves some hurt, heartache, and pain because when you're going after gold, it's a difficult job. You have to dig down deep. You're going to scratch your hands. You're going to bump your knee. And the man looked at him and said, why would you want to go through all that? His friend replied, well, when you're going after gold, The gold is worth something. The gold is valuable. And if it's going to make me prosperous, if it's going to give me riches, then I don't mind going through the hurt, through the heartache, and through the pain. Today, Metropolitan, I want to share with you that God is doing some digging for us. We might be deep down in the mines. We might be in bad situations in our life, but God is chasing after us, and he's willing to dig deep down in the mine. He's willing to go after us, and he loved us so much and wanted to dig us out the mine that he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins because God sees that we are valuable. But that value that we have comes with a price. 
Because we know that after we bring the gold up out of the ground, the gold is sometimes intermingled with other worthless rocks. There's other things that are inside the gold, and we have to pull the gold out. God does that with us through our trials and through our tribulations. We can also look at the same example with glass. If you've ever been to the fancy amusement parks and they have the nice glass, they're shaped like animals and turtles and and different types of sculptures. The glass didn't wake up like that in the morning. There had to be some heat applied to the glass. There had to be some burning with the glass. And while the heat was going on, somebody was doing some bending to shape. I don't think that the glass was very comfortable while that burning and heat was going on. Likewise, you in your life as God is shaping you and bending you and turning you into something that's beautiful, that looks like him, you're going to go through some pain. You're going to be under the Bunsen burner. You are going to go through some trials and tribulations. But at the end, God is going to turn you into something that's beautiful. The world will tell you that, oh, God can't do nothing with you. You've been like that too long. You've been acting a fool for 40 years. My, this is us. I'm talking about just, hey, you, 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 you're unchangeable. You're too dirty. Look at where you, they even told, they even said to Jesus, is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? They're going to tell you, is there there anything good that can come out of Indian Head? Is there anything good that can come out of Pomaki? But the answer is yes. When God has a control of your life, when God has a hold of you, he can take broken glass and make it something beautiful. He can take that no-count metal that, that where the gold is stuck inside, and he can bring it out. Well, this was a situation with the people that are in the book of Malachi. Now, this is what was going on. You all remember on the first Sunday how I talked about being in captivity. Y'all remember the message? Call on God. And I talked about how the Israelites, they were in captivity. And God said, hold on. Keep on doing what you're doing and I'll bring you out. Well, in the book of Malachi, he had already brought them out. So this is post-captivity. This is post-getting the promotion. This is post-marrying your boo. This is post-getting everything that God that you felt God should have given you. But what was their response? Oh, they decided they're going to complain. Even though God had delivered them, they felt like God had not given them all that he should have given them. When they returned to the temple, the temple had been destroyed. The church was in disrepair. Now, mind you, they were in jail, in captivity, and locked up, but now they're freed, and they show back up at the church, wondering why the church is in turmoil. Well, you've been gone for all these years. What do you expect the church to be in? The problem was 
They didn't want to have to do any work to bring things back to where it needed to be, even though they had been released from captivity. Let me say that again. They had been released from captivity, but they still complained. Not only had they lost a love for their church, they lost a love from the people around them. They felt like, well, I've got mine. I don't need to worry about anybody else. So they complained. They lost their love for the people around them. And then they decided that they wanted to rebel. They stopped coming to temple. They just got released from captivity. They decided that they were not going to tell people about the goodness of God. They just got So God looks at the situation and begins to speak to them about a transformation. It's a situation that requires a transformation. Now, I'm going to say this one more thing, and, and after this, we can really go home. We're not going to. But here it is. God is more concerned about your transformation than he is about blessing you. Let me say that again. God is more concerned that you become a better person than him giving, being your spiritual sugar daddy, giving you blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing year after year. You see another birthday. You see another anniversary. You see your grandbaby graduate. You miss a car accident. God heals you from sickness, and you haven't changed. God wants to see a change in our lives. Yes, he wants to bless you. That's why he tells us in scripture that we should be people of new minds, not new blessings. Huh? God wants to see a change. God wants to see the change to the point that when he looks you in the eye, he can see himself. When he looks at you, he can see Jesus. So who is the man in the mirror? Who is the man in the mirror when God looks at you? He wants you to be his mirror. Who does God see? So as we walk along in this story, I'm going to share three things with you. First thing that we have to do is we have to recognize God's nature, not our nature. Number one, we have to recognize God's nature. The second is that after we recognize, so okay, we recognize God's nature, who he is, then we have to start working on ourselves. Let me say this again. I'm really doing this on purpose. He just released you from captivity. You were in captivity on the first Sunday. But now you've been released. Number one, recognize God's nature. Number two, after we see what needs to be fixed, then we have to remove the impurities from our lives. Now that is the things on the outside that we might need to fix. And then the last thing we have to do is that we have to receive 
The cleansing. That's the cleaning on the inside. So as we look back to the scripture, see I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The word that God tells us is that Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. He might come before we make it to communion. He might come before I get to point three. He might come before 2020. But we should always continually be ready for his return. But that's a different message for a different Sunday. But here's... Here's the thing. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight indeed is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? In order for us to stand before the Lord, we have to recognize his nature and begin to apply that nature in our lives. God is looking for a church without a spot or a wrinkle. He's coming for those that look like him. It's been said that in a crowd of thousands or hundreds of sheep, that if a mother sheep loses track of her sheep, she can hear that little baby crying amongst the hundreds and hundreds of sheep that are there. Well, why is that? Why is that? That sheep, first of all, the mother gave birth to that sheep. The sheep, the little baby lamb, and the mother sheep are the same. The mother knows everything about the baby sheep so that when they are separated, she knows where to go find. She's looking. She's looking amongst the hundreds and hundreds of sheep until she finds the sheep. How's, gonna God, how's God going to know where to find you if you don't look like him? How's God going to know where to find you if you don't sound like him? How's God going to know where to find you if you aren't crying out to him in prayer Daily, if you aren't in front of his face, daily, if you aren't reading his word, daily, how's God going to find you? The mother sheep will find her child. So when I was growing up, I was in the third grade. We said, well, I hope he was in the third grade. And so... So my name is Daryl Mason. So it just so happened that I was placed beside another boy in the class named Daryl Brown. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Daryl Brown was a mess. Daryl Brown was always getting sent to the principal's office. Daryl Brown never did his work. But the problem with that was, for me, was that the teacher got us mixed up. Oh, you know how they say all of us look the same. I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> Daryl Brown was after, uh, but you know, that, that's, that's fine. But it came the time for parent-teacher conference. Here comes my mother. She's going down to the school. And I never, uh, you know, for doing the parent-teacher conference, 
I used to just sit in the car. We didn't have, millennials, we didn't have video games. I sat in the car and in the color of book. I didn't have no Game Boy, nothing like that, no phone. Sat in the car. She goes in and she comes back out. She is furious. What in the world? I heard you haven't been doing your work. You've been disrupting the class. You've been doing all this stuff. I was like, what are you talking about? But I've been doing all, what, what are you? She said, when I get home, I'm going to tear your behind up. <laughs> oh, Lord, I just started crying and crying and crying. I was like, I kept saying, no, Mom, it's not me. It's Daryl Brown. It's Daryl Brown is the one. Now, here, now, here's the truth of the matter. Daryl Brown was also one of the cool guys. I was a nerdy guy. Listen, listen, listen to this. There was some stuff that he would do. I was a part of it. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be, you know, I'm the little nerdy piano player, you know, da, da, da. And he doing stuff, he cracking jokes. I'm like, yeah, 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 go. But I realized at that moment that I had become a part of it just a little too much. Isn't that what we do in the world? We like to dabble in sin. Oh, I won't go. I'll just go to the place, but I just won't drink. I'll just be a part of this. Now, now, now before we're going on, before I, I'm not casting any judgments on where y'all go. This is not what that is. I am saying that you do have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you on what you do. I am saying that. So a lot or the most of what the teacher was saying about Daryl Brown was true. But when my mother came for the conference, it was easy to get us mixed up. We kind of looked the same, kind of sat in the same spot, and it was confusing. Don't allow the Daryl Browns of the world to cause you to miss your blessing. You can find yourself in a situation where you can miss your blessing and you can start to become like the world unintentionally. And here's the big part. And when the world sees you, they won't see Christ. They'll see the foolishness in Daryl Brown. And then now you've heard your testimony. We have to understand the nature of God and be able to form ourselves and to be able to live a life so that when God looks at us, he can see his son. So as we recognize God's nature and that we should be working toward being like him, we then have to realize that there is a refining process to remove the impurities. I talked earlier about that gold that was pulled out of the ground. And there's a process that's done with metal. It's called smelting. With the smelting process, you take that gold or whatever metal that is that mixed, that's mixed in with everything else, and in order to pull the stuff that you want out, you have to drop it in the big vat of heat. That's the only way to get it out. The only way to get the gold out is to drop it in heat. 
See, sometimes we wonder why we go through trials and tribulations, and we like to blame the devil. Sometimes that's God allowing you to dip down in the heat so that the gold can rise up in your life. But God does that because he knows that there's gold inside. God wants to pull that gold out. God wants to make you a worthy offering. God wants to make you ready. But even after the gold has been pulled out, and so there you are, you're all pretty and shiny, with this illustration, now you're going to be your goal, your goal, okay? And so your goal. She so said, all right, Pastor, I've done that. I've been through my trials. I've been through my tribulations. I'm golden now, right? But there's still a daily. The Bible tells us about the process of sanctification. Just because you've been brought out as pure gold, there's a daily check that has to happen in your life. There's a daily refining to remove the impurities. When I was in the Coast Guard, my first duty station, there was a, uh, a boat that I worked on, a rescue boat. And this boat went out in the water. Daily, we went out, we rescued people, we did stuff. But on the back of the boat, there was this pretty shiny brass bell. And I remember my first day reporting to the duty station, and I looked down at the boat, and I said, why in the world do they have this pretty brass bell out in the weather? But it was shining. The bell was shining. And so it was explained to me that the purpose of the bell was that the boat is not clean until the bell has been shined. We clean the whole boat. But even though you are out in the wind and the waves and the water and the elements, the boat is not clean until you've cleaned everything and you've shined that bell. I remember it was my first time that they sent me down. It takes a long time to shine that bell, y'all. It takes a long time. You see, I was the lowly E2, so I had bell duty every day. So I was going down to the boat. I didn't know anything else at the duty station, but I was hot. I said, look, don't you touch that bell. I've been, it took about two. Now, here's the thing. The reason that the bell had to be shined was because the master chief who was in charge of our, our station. So if, if you know military ranks, the, the master chief is like the sergeant major. So you have the base commander who's in charge of everything. Okay, okay. Now, she or he might show up from time to time, but it's the master chief that's going to show up every day. Sergeant major is going to show up every day. And the problem was that if that bell wasn't shine, master chief was going to tear you apart. Okay, so this is how it goes. When we wake up in the morning, we have to take the time to make sure that we're getting before God. We have to make sure that our lives are in order because God didn't give us a, whole, a, a master chief, but he did give us the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that shows up every day. The Holy Spirit is coming to remind you. Now, you can sit there and play with the Holy Spirit if you want to and not pay attention. But just like the Master Chief, the Holy Spirit will convict you and remind you of what you should be doing. Amen? So, as we progress in life, you have to keep that bell shine. It's a daily job. 
It's a, you just can't say one prayer on, and, and be done, walk out the door. Every day, you have to get up and shine that bell. Every day, get up and shine that bell to make sure that you're walking with God and move on in Jesus' name. We have to remove the impurities from our life by shining that bell because eventually, you will have to stand before the base commander. And the master chief is going to make sure that you're ready to go. The Holy Spirit will prepare you for your walk. And so as we reflect on God's nature, and as we take a daily, the daily time to remove our impurities, then we have to understand and receive the cleansing process. So when we talk about the removal of the impurity process, that's the shining on the outside. But sometimes we clean ourselves on the outside, and the inside is still jacked up. Let's go back to the bell. Shine the bell on the outside. But if you took the time to look under the bell, ain't nobody shine that. It's dirty. It's dirty. What's on the inside? This is why in the scripture it says, but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? Listen, it says, for he is like the refiner's fire. We talked about that. That's the cleaning on the inside. But Malachi also takes the time to say, and like the fuller's soap. It's the soap that cleanses you on the inside. Scripture tells us that we just can't look good on the inside. It just can't be a list of what I've stopped doing. Well, I've stopped doing this. I've stopped doing that. I've stopped doing this. I've stopped doing that. It's easy to stop doing stuff. But what are you going to start doing? What are you going to start doing? Who are you going to start reaching out to? Who are you going to start praying for? What relationship are you going to try to fix? You know you haven't talked to your sister in 20 years over some foolishness. You know you're still mad at that person about some craziness. You can't even remember what you're mad about. When are we going to start fixing that stuff and stop walking around, looking all dressed up, holding the Bible big enough to choke, choke a bull, and not start making changes in our lives? What about the stuff that's on the inside? So God is working to cleanse us. God is working to get all that is on the inside clean as well. We don't want to be like that shiny bell because when the base commander shows up, my wife will tell you, she's done the job. The commander is going to look everywhere. God is going to be looking everywhere to see what has been changed and what has been cleansed. So I told y'all the story about my uncle. Remember the story about my Uncle Bud and Uncle Jimmy? Y'all remember the story? Well, there's a little bit more to that story. So just to recap, they left the house, came back, and they had been playing all day. And I told y'all about my Uncle Bud and my granddaddy. said, Boy, I didn't recognize you. You were so black, I know who you were. But my Uncle Jimmy, this was summertime, my Uncle Jimmy, who had left out, he had worn one of his new school shirts. And so when they got in the house, my granddaddy said, now remember, they were going to get a beating. 
and my aunt kept her from getting the meeting. But got back in the house, my granddaddy got mad again. Boy, you got on your new shirt. It was dirty. I mean, it was like one of those light shirts. It was dirty, and it was cleansing and all that stuff, and it was, it was just crazy. And, my, and so my granddaddy, he was, he was going to grab the belt again, and, and, and he looks at my Uncle Jimmy. He said, boy, you have ruined this shirt out there playing. It's so dirty and so forth. And my granddaddy said, well, you might as well just throw this shirt away. And my grandmother says, nope. I paid too much money for that shirt. We're going to get that shirt clean. When Christ looks at each of us, doesn't matter how dirty y'all, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've done, Christ paid too much for our lives to allow us to stay dirty and he's going to wash us and he's going to cleanse us Every day, if we wake up dirty, he's going to wash you again. And the Holy Spirit is going to continue to keep you and bless you. And God is going to cleanse you and wash you. We just have to receive his washing and receive his Holy Spirit to allow it to change us in our lives. Jesus said, I paid too much. Hung on that cross. Went down into hell. Oh, no, we're going to get you cleaned up. Who do we see when we look in the mirror? What does God see when he looks at us? Now, for this last part, Ariana's going to help me out. Ariana, put up the first picture. Hey! That, that, that is a picture of me and my oldest son, Daryl. Okay, so we look alike. I look at him, he said, man, you look just like me. I said, man, you look, this like, you look like me too. So when we look at each other, not only do we look alike, my wife would tell you, we act alike with that, okay? So when we look at each other, we look alike. You got that. Okay, Ariana, the next slide. This is my other son, Joshua. Now, a lot of people will say they meet Daryl, and then they meet Joshua. Well, they say, well, I, I thought, you, thought your son Daryl looked like you, but Joshua really looks like you. Same thing is going on. When we look at each other, we see each other. So here's the thing. A couple things here. No, three things here. So number one, when God looks at us, who does he see? When we look at God, when we look at God, what do we see? Do we see a connection? Okay. And so the question can be said, I can say this right now. So I can say, if you like me, you're probably like my son. Right? Or if you like my son, you're probably like me. So we see the connection there. Okay, Ariane, the next, next picture. This is my daughter, Sherelle. Now, before y'all start twisting your face and all this other stuff and calling Mari Povich and all this stuff. She, this is my adopted daughter, Sherelle. So there is no genetic. So we, but here's the thing. I raised her. 
she carries my name. But, and, and uh, for lots of stuff, she acts like me. So when you look at her, you might not see me, but when you spend time around her, you'll see that she acts like me. So there's still the change. People might look at you are, but once you start to minister to them, they can then be see that you look like your father. But get back to the scripture. And we're going to close with this. If you love me, you'll probably love my children. But let's flip that around. If you don't love my children, do you love me? Remember I said in the scripture that they had gotten so blessed. Listen, they just got released from captivity. (laughs) Not only had they abandoned the church, they abandoned everything that they were doing. They stopped loving other people. God says, if you don't love my children, How can you say that you love me? If you don't love the people of the world, how can you say you love me? Ariana, next slide, please. If you don't love the people of the world, what is happening to our Latino population right now? What are we doing? They're in prison. They are tied up like animals. What are we doing? If you don't love my people, God says, how can you love me? If you don't love my child, how can you love me? Ariana, next slide. If you don't love my people that look different than me, the skin is lighter than me, God says, how can you love me if you don't love my people? God says, if you don't love my child, how can you love me? Ariana, last slide. And if you don't love my child Jesus, who came down through 40 and two generations, and he died on the cross, God sent his one and only son to die for your sins and for my sins. And in our lives, we have to be that example. We have to be the example that Jesus gave because he hung on the cross He was an innocent man. What are you sacrificing? When God looks at you, when God looks at you, who is the man in the mirror? Who looks back at him? And are we ready as a people of God? Are we ready at this church, Metropolitan Church, are we ready to make the sacrifice? Are we ready to be the example? Are we ready to refine who are? Are we ready to remove the impurities? Are we ready to be cleansed inside? Who is the man in the mirror? May God bless you and have a smile upon you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church and ministries, please visit our website at www.metroumcindianhead.com. Until next time, peace and blessings.